And then all of a sudden, she's like, Nick and I had a threesome. And I'm like, what the? Where did this come from? Welcome to Red Wine Reads, a community of book lovers talking about our favorite and not-so-favorite books while pouring a glass or two of wine. I'm your host, Jenna Weston. With me today is Abby Williams to talk about the book Crazy Rich Asians by Kevin Kwan. Now, this book was chosen because I had asked Abby if she had any recommendations for a book-to-film adaptation that she wanted to read, and this was her choice. Now, little did Abby know that I have read Crazy Rich Asians uh, the whole series, twice through now, so this was my third time reading that first book in a three-book series, and I have to say, this book holds up. I, even though it was my third time reading through, I absolutely love this book. And we'll dive into the differences and the similarities between the book and the movie adaptation in this particular episode. Because of how many books I read a year, I rarely get to reread books. So this was such a fun opportunity for me to reread one of my favorites and be able to talk about it with someone on the podcast. So without further ado, let's pull some corks and get reading. Um, welcome to another episode of Red Wine Reads, where we will be discussing the book Crazy Rich Asians by Kevin Kwan. Woo! Woo! <laughs> How do you feel being here uh, today? You know what? It's been, it's been a long week. Excited to talk about something I actually very much enjoyed. Oh my god. It's a god. good little escape over the last couple weeks for me. Yes. It's, uh... Yeah, this is one of my favorites. It's one of my favorite books. Uh, the movie is amazing. And um, I would love to know what made you choose Crazy Rich Asians? Okay, so this is this is just, just goes back to like you and I, like our history. At Point Loma, I distinctly remember sitting in one of our classes. And because we were journalism majors, we always got quizzed on the news. Like what's what's going on in the news? And I distinctly remember one of the questions was, what's the number one movie in the box office this week? And it was in 2018. And for some reason, like all of us got it wrong. We had no idea. And it was Crazy Rich Asians. And I was like, I've never even heard of this movie. Like, how is it? Like, number one in the box office. And then I went to see it. And then I was like, oh, I get it. Like, it was one of my favorite movies. I thought it was so good. So then I was like, the book's got to be even better. So that's why that's why I chose this book. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is, a, this is a fun one. Um, so I first read this book um back in 2018 when they first came out because I listened to them on audio um and I remember it was distinctly because I was in New York uh fall of 2018 and I was uh I I knew that the movie had come out so I was like oh I want to watch the or I want to read the books first um and then I listened to the first book and whoever the narrator is is phenomenal like phenomenal um and so then I just got like swept up in it and I finished the whole trilogy, I think, in three weeks, if that. <laughs> like it was uh, it was quick. And that's what I'm excited to read the other ones because I, I haven't. And I did kind of a audiobook and book at the same time. Like I kind of followed along. And I will say this for people who maybe read the book, go back and also listen to it because I think especially with all the different characters – the different voices and kind of the the actual acting that went into it helped me so much, like keep everyone straight and like really 
helped tell the story, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think you're so right. I, um, well, here, <laughs> we completely skipped quick facts. But I don't really have much quick facts because my uh, my homework sheet went out into the ether. But uh, just a quick overview. That, so the like we said, um, so these books were published in 2014. The movie adaptation is 2018. Um, and it has a 3.9 out of 5 on Goodreads, which is quite good for the Goodreads reviewers. Uh, a 4.2 out of 5 on the Barnes & Noble review list. And 92% of readers like this book on Google. And then the movie has a 91 on Rotten Tomatoes, um, and then a 6.9 out of 10 on IMDb, which is kind of funny, and then 85% of users on Google like this movie. So 91 on Rotten Tomatoes is pretty dang good. Really good. Yeah, really good. <laughs> High rating. Um, and so the movie was directed by John Chu, um, and they worked pretty closely with Kevin Kwan uh, for this movie adaptation and i mean we'll get into it later but i think it's one of the better adaptations um agreed um so as we were like talking about i have read this book three this is my third time and the i've listened to it now all three times and i the second time i tried reading it and then i switched to audio because i was like i missed the narrator And I do, like, I completely agree with you. It helps you keep all the characters straight because the acting is so good that, like, each character has a different voice. Each character has a different, like, um, way that they talk to people. You also get the, like, pronunciation of everything really um, come through with, like, the narration. So I think it's, like, if you're trying to get into audiobooks or you haven't had a lot of experience with audiobooks, this is a great one to start with. Oh, absolutely. And like, that's the thing. I just remember reading like the first couple chapters without the audiobook, And I was like, Oh, my goodness, who are we talking about again? Like, I would just like kind of lose it. And I'm like, there's so especially because I will say this, the book goes into characters so much more than the movie. Like, obviously, in a movie, you need like your main characters, which is, you know, Rachel and Nick, mostly, and then even, you know, Nick's mom. But for this, you go deep into some of the other characters' stories as well. And so there were times when I would just get lost. I was like, wait, who are we talking about again? And then like the audiobook completely like fixed that for me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Here's your plot. So Rachel Chu agrees to spend the summer uh, in Singapore with her boyfriend, Nicholas Young. Um, She envisions he's this humble like family home and he's just like nervous about telling her about his family because they're like they come from humble beginnings all this stuff and she's like oh whatever my mom's a single mom living like from California and now they're living in New York and um, once she gets to Singapore she realizes that Nicholas Young is part of uh the richest family in Singapore has very old money. His grandmother has pretty much owns the island is really what it is and um, owns a bunch of company or yeah, a bunch of like, what was it? Uh, Transport companies. Yeah. Something like that. Um, And so Rachel comes back home with him to Singapore and finds out that he is part of this luxury, luxurious world where uh, women just fly off to Paris and spend a, you know, a half a million dollars on some clothes and jewelry. Um, <laughs> Wait, you don't do that? Weird. Uh, yeah, it's so weird. Um, spent like a hundred dollars on Amazon the other day. 
So, and I thought that was a real big spend. I literally just went to Dick's Sporting Goods and spent $10 (laughs) on socks. And I'm like, I can't believe I did that. (laughs) Treat yourself. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Adulthood. Uh, (laughs) Adulthood. And so as we head to Singapore, we meet all of Nick's family, friends, um, everyone in between. So you can get lost in who you're meeting and like you get that vibe when you're watching the movie and she walks into the house and she starts meeting people and people start coming up to her and I'm like that's how you feel when you first start reading this book and like new characters are coming in every and like everyone's (laughs) called auntie and so you're like which one are we talking to Mm -hmm, (laughs) which mm -hmm. one so that's our plot um okay there's so many good things about this book and this movie. <laughs> I would love to start with, like, so you had watched the movie first. Right. Okay. So Which I is- think served me well, just in the sense of then, you know when you read a book first and you create your own characters? Yeah. And then you watch the movie and you're like, that is not who I would have casted. <laughs> I did not fall victim to that because I had already had them in my brain. Mm-hmm. I think the only person I literally was like that, like that's not who I would have pictured was actually Colin. I think mm. Colin was a little, a little different than what I probably would have casted. Fascinating. See, when I read the book, I think I, I read the book first and then watched the movie, but I had pretty much like the movie in the back, like, cause it was at the forefront when I was reading it. So I'm like, I right. knew all the characters And um, the one that I thought was an interesting casting, but I think, like, I think made the movie was uh, Piglin. Oh, my gosh. She's (laughs) my favorite. She's one of my favorite actresses. So it's just, like, hilarious that she's in that. Probably the best part of the book and the movie. I, but see, I already knew that that's who played Mm. her. And so I was like, I I can't picture anything else. I cannot picture anybody else playing that part. Yes, because in the book, she is she is pictured as this like kind of curvy, uh, vivacious woman with this long hair extensions. Like she is first seen coming in with this like Greek, like tight white Greek goddess dress with like these gold like gladiator sandals and like a gold like ponytail and like this like slicked back like Ariana Grande ponytail. They definitely took some creative liberties. Yes. And then you see Piglin in the movie and her first scene, she is in a set of silk pajamas (laughs) with, as her father calls it, an uh, Asian Ellen haircut. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Very different. I mean, there was a lot of stuff just with her character in general that definitely they deviated from the book. Like, she doesn't even come into Amma's house um, that first night with the yeah. flowers and everything. And so, um, which is interesting because in the book, her own family does this little investigation. Like, who are these people? Um, so that that definitely was a little bit different. But I do I do like how they did it in the book. I mean, in the in the movie. Yeah, I will say, like, that creative liberty, like, I, I think it made Piglin's character so much more, like relatable and funny and like like I already really liked her in the book but like her character in the movie I think fit really well. even better yeah yeah agreed <laughs> I will say one thing I was missing in the movie which again comes down to just time and spending time on certain characters was um Astrid's storyline man I d- had no idea that there was so much to Astrid's story mm-hmm and I'm just gonna again. We we do spoilers here. I'm like pretty pissed off at how her 
her story ended. Yeah. I was I was not happy with that. Like, oh, just wait for Michael. He'll change his mind. Uh, I think not. Get the <laughs> heck out of that. Yeah. I mean, like, I understand. So you marry, in their world, a simpleton. And he's, a you know, a tech mogul who's probably making upwards of a million dollars. <laughs> and yet... Much this, more than any of us would. Yeah. Yeah, that's like, chump change. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> she's like, yeah, I spent, you know... Uh, three years of Mike of Michael's salary on um in Paris just buying designer goodies. Uh, <laughs> I do what love like life. this scene in the movie where she comes home with everything and all the maids are like, "All right, <laughs> like so hide it, hide, hide it. it." Yeah. Um, but I just think like her character is so interesting because she is described as this kind of perfect woman. She is nice. She is kind. She is ex- has insane insane amounts of wealth because she is nick young's cousin and so she comes from like the other half of the family that has all that money and then you have like she's married she married this guy who you know is maybe just a common folk uh so to say in their world and yet they have a son and they have like a beautiful life and you know they're living in this (laughs) quaint apartment uh when she could live in any one of her 12 uh, apartment buildings that she owns. And (laughs) it's just like, you get so much more in the book about her story, about her relationship with Michael, how she thinks he's cheating on her when in reality he was just trying to like escape. He was trying to like fabricate a cheating scenario so that he could leave her um, and have it be kind of like she came out on top instead of him leaving her. Which I think is interesting because I go- I think that goes to show his character. Yeah. He thinks that he's doing something like, you know, chivalrous to help her out. And I'm like, no, actually, you're just a coward. You're an absolute coward. Yeah, because you won't <sighs> talk to your wife and be like, hey, there's a lot of pressure. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. And um, like he literally just openly says like, yeah, we were doomed from the start. And I'm like, sir? <laughs> That's why you talk in relationships. <laughs> For everyone listening, take advice from Jenna. <laughs> just talk. Um, She's so sad, man. Yeah. But I do think, like, you miss out on Astrid's story. story. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do gain the addition of cousin. Oh, what's his name? The gay cousin. Oh, Oliver. Oliver. I love him. He's yeah. one of my favorite characters. He's phenomenal. The rainbow sheep of the family. Yes. <laughs> um, he, because you don't really get his character at all, really, in the book? Or is he in the book? I can't remember. Oh, he's in the book, but it's mostly at that, like, first first um, dinner at Ama's house. He's the one that's, like, staying with her and giving her company when Nick goes and cleans yes. up his shirt. Yeah. Yes. And he... And he in the book also helps break up Kitty and yeah. Alistair as well. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, he gets much more of a role in the movie. And I think mm-hmm. it helps. Um, he's kind of like the neutral zone where I think you have like Rachel who's on one side. You have the family who's on the other. Astrid could be a neutral character except for she's kind of wrapped up in her own issues. Um, and so you have Oliver who kind of plays both sides and is able to like 
uh, it's like in Mean Girls when they're talking about all the cliques. It's kind of Oliver's that person who's able to like tell you what the cliques are and who right. avoid and who. So like, I think his character is so necessary for the movie, and I think they did such a good job with him. Well, and and that was something that I like. I mean, I haven't watched the movie in a while, but I can't remember. I want to say her name is Sophie. It's Colin's sister. She's yes. the doctor. I think yep. she also was kind of that. Where like, yeah, she's been around money her whole life, but she's still making a living for herself. So she's kind of on the outside of all of it and mm. like not as, I don't know. But like, I don't remember her being in the movie at all. She was not. Uh, well, so she was not. Um, she was instead, they like turned that whole scene of the bachelorette party. Um, they used, what's the That was when Astrid and Rachel kind of got together. Yes. Astrid to- took the place of Sophie. Right. Okay. Um, and then who is the girl that he Amanda. was in a- Amanda. Thank you. Mandy. Yeah. Um, what played like an evil character. Um, yeah. In that. Because she does have like an evil char- character uh, development in the book, but it takes a little bit longer to get to. And they have that whole scene where they go to like. She like Nick brings Rachel and then Mandy brings her boyfriend and they meet at the spot where they first kissed and like yeah and like you have that whole scene well the uh, whole scene and then all of a sudden she's like Nick and I had a threesome and I'm like what the where did this come from yeah like that that whole thing I think that development is definitely not in <laughs> no. in the movie like it was in the book I do love Araminta's uh, character in the movie. I think she was like spot on. Uh, <laughs> I think so too. I just like the the bachelorette party scene is probably one of my favorite scenes of just like shopping spree. <laughs> Could you imagine? And like, uh, I don't know. When I was reading it in the book, I'm just so sitting there frustrated because all these girls are calling Rachel like a gold digger, and Rachel's like this is like so not okay to like even be like I, I'll pay for it like I'll pay for it like and I'm just yeah. like guys you're so stupid like <laughs> oh my god I know they even can't. okay even even Collins Collins character was so different in the movie then like I feel like we got a lot more background of like why him and Nick are so close like mm-hmm. Nick has helped him with anxiety and they were like they befriended one another when like a lot was happening in their oh, younger yeah. days um I really like that. And then, like, one of the biggest parts, and I'm surprised they didn't include it in the movie, was the, the what was it, what type of bird was it at the very end that oh. just, like, turned out to be so symbolic. And I was, like, I'm surprised they didn't have that in the movie. Yeah, I mean, they they left out the whole scene at the very end of the book where you have the... Um, blue Jay. It was a Blue Jay. Blue Jay. Abby just opened up to the page. Come on now. <laughs> Let's <Wow>. go. <laughs> that's impressive. We should uh, we should keep track of how many times that's happened because that's happened to me like twice. And I'm like, Hold. that was pretty cool. Honestly, it's I'm like, pretty. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Yeah, because even like the one big part that they left out that I was upset about was the whole ending of them driving up to like the house and having a mobby there. Um. Because I think that is so pivotal Mm -hmm. in the fact, like, and the whole scene of her, Amma giving out jewelry to her daughters, and then, like, having Fiona give the one piece of jewelry to Rachel. um, Because I think that is, like, a turning point of, like, Amma doesn't approve. And then, um, 
and then like maybe and then you have the whole scene at the house where it just like all goes to shit because I think at the end of the movie I mean you run out of time and so you kind of get this very abrupt ending of the Ama just like being like I don't know <laughs> well I think that's like what I was really really shocked about is I'm thinking oh I know how this this book ends because I know how the movie ends and well, shockingly, they do not end the same way. The movie p- puts a little nice little bow on it. You know, Nick proposes. It's a happily ever after. Um, Ama and Nick's mom, like, Eleanor approve in a sense. Like, they're like, okay. None of that happens. Like, Rachel never gets to stand up to them, really. Mm-mm. She never, like, they kiss at the end. but it, So they're obviously back together. But there's no proposal. There's no, like, acceptance. So it was really interesting how they really did take that creative license and was like you know what let's let's wrap it up but I kind of liked the book better because Nick kind of was just like screw all of you like well yeah I think you get more of Nick's character in the book too where you're like in the movie he does like act all humble and you know what it is but I think you get more of that complicated nature of his relationship with his family and how it's like always been up to him to continue this line. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, fuck I just guys. feel like they, they <laughs> played on him being a little more naive in the book. Mm-hmm. Like he was like, I had no idea my mother would react this way. And I'm like, but also, Are you kidding? <laughs> but also like, I have met people like that where they're like, Oh no, she's great. And then you go and you're like, she this is, is the not worst great. person I've never <laughs> ever met in my life. <laughs> you're like, no, no. Like, they're like, oh no, she'll love you. And then you're like, she did not love me. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, were we having the same interaction? I don't think we were. Yeah. So, like, I've totally met people, and especially guys, I think they don't like think twice about it. Right. Because um, I think also you have Eleanor has such, like, she is taking over that role of helicopter mom because she's like I don't fit in here you are my one like piece that I have to fit into this family and I've groomed you and I have like made it so that you are the favorite so that money goes to you power goes to you and you're gonna fuck it all up yes Californian (laughs) ABC Um, but it's just so funny because like okay in America here, you're, you say you're a professor at NYU, we'd all be like, wow, that's so cool. That's so impressive. Especially you're only 30. Like, that's incredible. Over there, they're like, you might as well be working at a McDonald's. Like, I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I think it's interesting because I even remember, like, uh, walking in to this, you know, cocktail hour and it was run by like a uh consulting group so it's very like business people and I'd gone to like other networking events um that were more like creative agencies like um PR firms like more like creative things and it's been fun and you get to talk to people and I walk into this networking thing and it's a lot of finance um a lot of banking a lot of consulting a lot of like these more corporate type companies and I had my little name tag and it said my name and it said my firm and I walked in and people would glance at my name tag and they would realize that they didn't know the firm that I worked for because it's a small seven person firm and they would just continue to go on, talk to somebody else. And I was like, that was the first time where I was like, wow, nobody 
cares? I'm a nobody. Yeah. <laughs> so and sad. I'm like, I, I, that feeling sucks. And so you can feel, like really relate to Rachel in that sense of like, well, well, let's talk about that. Okay. Let's, let's just, okay. Hypothetically, <laughs> you have not, never met Casey's family before right Uh and you don't know them at all you don't know their financial situation anything you're going to meet them for the first time you find out that they are billionaires they basically own half of or they they own virginia basically let's just pretend that like they just own a huge yeah what do you do like you're like we've been dating for two years how the heck did you not tell me about this oh i would be furious i'd be like this is not okay yeah I would, I would just be mad. I'd be like, like, when were you going to tell me how does like this change everything? You know, like I, I go in expecting to have to like impress parents, which is one scary thing. And then you realize that you have to impress really rich parents (laughs) who have this idea of like who their son should marry. Cause you know, like, at least in, in Nick's situation, they're trying to get him to marry a powerful, wealthy family. Right. And I'm guessing that that is similar to other, you know, rich households, even in America. And it's like, when they realize that well, that even is then, not okay. what they're getting. Well, and this wedding is, you know, like the wedding of a cen- of the century. Not only that, but Nick has been well acquainted with this culture before. So he knows that you know, you can't repeat dresses for, and like, yet he knows there's, you know, four or five events that she's going to have to go to. She know he knows she's only packing one dress. Like, do you know what I mean? Like there's such, such an issue there. Mm-hmm. He is setting her up to fail. And that's something that I didn't like. I was like, I don't care how you, like, if you're scared for her to meet your family, like you are doing her a disservice. Like. Yeah. The amount of naivety for him to just throw her to the wolves and not oh have a second thought I do think is really not super realistic um I mean it plays to a really good plot line but yeah right. you would probably be like but also <laughs> I could see like a dude being you know telling her yeah we're going to like a wedding I think there's maybe like a few events leading up to it but I don't know it's like fine and yeah. I mean, I guess it is different for like girls <laughs> and guys. Like guys wear one suit to the whole thing, but like I don't know when you're that rich. Um, what's the what's the guy's name? Um, Bernard. Eddie. Eddie, oh. who like has to have all his people like always so perfect. Can't rewear anything. Like unless you're like him, guys have it easy. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, or um. Or Bernard. Yep. Who throws the most raunchy, terrible uh, <laughs> bachelor party ever. Dear. Yeah. Also, that was way different in the movie. I was like, wait. I don't think they could get away with a dogfight. Yeah, the they definitely <laughs> couldn't couldn't have. <laughs> but, oh, my gosh. Uh, but, yeah. I think they just, like, kind of took some of the main points of the, the book. And they did have to rework it for the movie. Um, because this movie was very PG, like for sure PG. There were some things in this book that were not PG. I just am thinking of Kitty and what's his face getting caught in the <laughs> closet. Oh, with, Bernard, yeah, yeah, with the fingers up the bum, and I was like, <laughs> imagine your grandma seeing that, like, oh my god. Yes, I think the more explicit content in the book leads to just like. I don't know. It's just so fun and it's like so wacky and it is like 
I think the book is a little bit more realistic depiction of what it would actually be like, I think. And like you have the whole fight about the Eddie like taking a jet uh, yeah. to Hong Kong. And like they're like, no, don't use your friend's jet. Like, are you kidding me? And then he's like, oh, it's fine. That's like pocket change. To right. Him. <laughs> it's such a weird and like, okay. So. And that was something that they just completely ignored in the movie that I was interested in. Like, I think the fact that Eleanor and all her ladies weren't there when Rachel and Nick arrived, that's, like, a big plot point. Like, the fact that her parents were just, like, not there. And not only that, but they went on this secret mission to literally uncover some huge secret about Rachel. And not yeah. not to mention, how much did they end up paying? Like, mm-hmm. they only paid, like, 10000 initially. But then he was, like, I'll, she was, like, I'll give you $3 million if you take me to the dad, like, right now. Like, all this stuff. Yeah. Um, I feel like that was a really big plot point that they just kind of glossed yeah, right which, over. Yeah. Which I understand why in the sense of like, I think this movie was made to be a one-off movie. Like, I don't think they wanted to make the full series um, because, or at least if they are, then I have questions. But mm-hmm. <laughs> um, if they're not, I mean, it makes sense. It's like, okay, let's end it in a nice way. Let's end it right. in like a happy way. Um, let's leave out this big search for her dad. Because if you are familiar with the series, the second book goes into Rachel's um, uh, journey to find out who her birth dad is and like, you know, find out who he is. Which that's a very like. intense part of this book. Like I was like, oh my goodness. So I understand why they wouldn't go into that in the movie. Yeah. Well, I think if they were to planning on going, like, making this a series and actually diving into the second book and making that a movie, I think that is a missed opportunity because that will lead into the second book, like the revelations of her dad and how Eleanor found her dad and, like, all this stuff. Like, I think that lends itself to the second book but if you're planning on just like one and done it you know this is works i do think like another one part that i missed that i kind of wished would have happened in the movie is like the whole escape scene from the bachelor or from the bachelor party. oh yeah yeah (laughs) where they like fake uh colin having a heart attack or like having an anxiety attack and they like take him off (laughs) or i guess alcohol poisoning and they literally helicopter him off to a another island or whatever desperate times call for desperate measures <laughs> yeah and you miss like their whole like guy posse yeah they only have nick and colin in the movie and you miss out on the other two guys but agreed well even then okay so like a character we don't really we don't meet at all in the movie is philip um nick's dad yeah and you know what he was such a breath of fresh air because he was just <laughs> yeah. literally one of those family members that literally was like eleanor calm the fuck down like you are being crazy like this yeah. like this girl seems perfectly fine like i i liked having that balance because yeah we all have crazy family members like all of us but you also mm-hmm. have those people who are super sensible and just like okay reality check like it's okay and I yeah. feel like he was actually a really good, pleasant surprise in the book. Yeah, I know. It was kind of a bummer. Like, you sub Philip for, I think, like, pig, like developing Piglin's yeah. family. <laughs> yeah. Which is fun. I really like their casting choice. Honestly, they're um, just funny even in the book. Just like, these people oh are God. wild. 
Wow. I love how they, they have the Pomeranians. That's just, yeah. Oh, so good. Um, well, let's get into final ratings. Let's do okay. it. For this, I want to do a book rating and then a movie rating. Um, and so I would say my book rating is a five out of five. Like I really can't fault it. I think the characters are so well developed and for how many characters there are, like each one of them gets a lot of attention in such a special way. And it only improves throughout the like series. Like you only get more of these characters. Um, And then I just think like the plot line is so unique, so new, so interesting um, for when it was written. And I think it's still like, is just a really unique story. It's really fun. It's really funny. <laughs> it like makes you laugh. You feel for Ash, like you have Astrid's story kind of pulling at your heartstrings. You have Rachel going through all these things. Um, and I don't know. I just think it's a really well-written book and it's not even that long, which I can't believe. So like Kevin does a phenomenal job with this book um and then the movie i would give it a four out of five i think it's a really well-made movie um it's a really entertaining movie i think um you do miss out on a lot of parts that were in the book and this last time watching after reading the book i realized like just how much was missing um and that i was like missing some things that I wish like were in the book that weren't in the movie. And I know like you can't do that to a movie. And so like the movie is a phenomenal, you know, adaptation. And I think they did a really good job. Uh, yeah, I actually, mine's very similar to yours. I don't think I'd give it a five cause I can't say this was like my absolute favorite book. I would give it probably a 4.5 out of five for the book. Um, and absolutely the same thing. I, we all know Abby's a character development gal. Um, and I think you're so right. Like, think about how many characters were in this book. I didn't feel gypped on any of them. Like, I knew characters I didn't even know I needed to know. And then you just, you know what? You you, you love them or you hate them, just like you're supposed to. Yep. Um, and yeah, just an interesting plot. Also, I like it because it's like, I will never experience anything like this, like, ever in my life. Um, so it's interesting. And I think it's also cool because we obviously got to experience a brand new culture, like just the way they talk about food and just how everything, that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when they're making the dumplings. And like, I, I just think it's so good, like just going into that, what that means for the family, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I will say reading the book now, not that it has diminished the movie for me, but I probably would have said the movie was a five out of five for me, like before I read the book. And now I'd give it like a solid four because you're so right. There's like needed things that were in the book that weren't in the movie. Um, however, the wedding scene in the movie Ugh. is one of my all-time favorite wedding scenes. I quite literally cry like, every time I watch it. Like, this is so beautiful. I will never have this in my life. Um, yeah. But no, absolutely beautiful. So I would give it a four uh, for that. Yeah. If you enjoyed the movie and you like really enjoyed the story and the the things that it was bringing up and uh, like the lifestyles and the culture, I think read the book because it just expands on it. It just like deepens it and it just um, like it takes that whole story and just really expands it. So I think like you would have a great 
time reading the book if you really enjoyed the movie. Um, but yeah, like you said, you may not be able to go back and watch the movie the same way, but still. <laughs> um, well, let's get into pairings. So uh, drinks, books, uh, TV show, movies that will pair well with today's book. Let's start with cocktails. Let's do it. I felt like there was only one answer for this. Yep. And it's because this, it's the end of the book. They go and get one. And I had never heard of it before. A Singapore sling. Yeah. Did you look what's in it? Uh, no. I think it's... Sounds like a lot, to be honest. Okay. Um... There's gin, herbal and cherry liqueur, pineapple, lime, and club soda. Wow. That is a lot. <laughs> it sounds like a lot. It sounds like a lot, a lot. But yummy. <laughs> <laughs> but yummy. It's... Yeah, I think it it sounds delicious. Um, yeah, that was mine as well. You took it from me. Wow, wow. It was so like minded. I can't believe we chose the same. I know. I'm just kidding. No, literally, there's like an entire chapter just dedicated to them going and getting one of these. Yes. So I'm like, okay, okay. Uh, TV show. You're gonna judge. You're gonna judge me. And the okay. <laughs> Go. <laughs> so the only reason I chose this is because it's kind of one of those situations where it's like kind of a bunch of rich people that we can't relate to. Um, so I picked Gossip Girl. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I yeah, this is kind of how I feel. Like if I were in their presence, they'd act as if I was nothing. So I mean, honestly, that's a great one. They have that whole plot line uh, mm-hmm. that happens where Dan Humphrey isn't good enough for yeah. Serena Vanderwoodson. <laughs> There it is. <laughs> Mic drop. Great. Uh, yes, mine kind of goes along the same lines. Um, and it is a one that I just finished recently, Fall of the House at Usher. So Ooh. this is more of a horror <laughs> film. So definitely uh, different tones. And each it's based off of Edgar Allan Poe's short story. So each episode follows uh, one of his short stories. And um, but it definitely talks about this House of Usher. That's uh, the ushers have a ton of money, a ton of power, and um, anyone who marries into the family is thought of as less than. And like you'll never be able to amount. They always have to send in NDAs <laughs> um, at like family Yikes. dinners, and so it's it's a wild ride. But same idea. Really rich, uh, can't quite. Nobody quite lives up. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. That's a good pairing. Okay, movie. I guess book. I forgot that. Book. Oh, book. Okay, so I actually, this is unusual because I don't normally do this. Ooh. I don't normally pair pair something that I haven't read yet. Ooh. But I was reading about it and I was like, this is this is interesting, kind of similar. Um, it's called What We Were Promised by Lucy Tong. Mm. Um, and basically, it's like a newly rich family. Uh, Chinese families moving back to China after being in America for decades. And it's just kind of showing the difference in, you know, wealth culturally um, between the two countries. So I was like, that that might be a good good pairing. Just because I was like, I haven't really read anything super similar. And I was interested in this one. Like literally, because I Google things a lot about Crazy Rich Asians and whatnot, all of the recommended reading came up. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I would pair uh, this with the rest of this series. <laughs> uh, you can continue the journey by reading this uh, series. 
the second book is called China Rich Girlfriend. And then the last book is called Rich People Problems. Um, so again, the second book goes into Rachel and finding out her who her birth dad is, um, what kind of background he comes from, and how that kind of unfolds. And then also kind of progresses through her, um, Rachel and Nick's like engagement. Um, and then rich people problems kind of brings everything together into the big wedding, I believe is the rich people problems. So good, good idea to pair, to pair those. I need to, I need to go and read those, I think, because I would personally like to know what happens with Rachel's dad, mm-hmm. especially because I didn't realize that the story was so <laughs> tragic, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. So it's, um, wild <laughs> yeah just a little well uh movie i mean oh yeah so this is yes so uh just in the on the theme of crazy and families <laughs> my big track Greek wedding oh, so good. different cultures but same old crazy that is so good um <laughs> uh i didn't even have to think about that one i was like yeah this this matches oh my gosh same energy yep uh, going along those lines, uh, but I went more in the meet the parents side, side of things, which is meet the Fockers. Um, yes. Because, yeah, I re- still remember watching this as kind of a little kid and somebody was babysitting me and there's the scene where they're driving and then the girl goes, like, lifts her shirt up and flashes <laughs> and my babysitter was <laughs> like, oh my God. She's <laughs> like, sorry. But meet the Fockers trying to meet some parents um, and not and have it not go so well. So, yep. I, I can't say that I've ever had that experience, but like, let's hope that never that never ever does happen. Yeah, me neither. And my in laws are fabulous, so can't complain. Shout out! Shout out! <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the show. That's crazy, rich Asians. Uh, what a what a what a ride! Well, Woo! cheers, clink. Cheers. Well, that's the show. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked it, please go give it five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this episode right now. If you want more book-related content, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at rwreadspodcast. Again, that's at r-w-r-e-a-d-s-p-o-d-c-a-s-t. That's at rwreadspodcast on Instagram and TikTok. Until next week, keep your books open and your drink glasses full. Thanks all. This episode is a JB Media production produced and edited by Jenna Weston.